and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. As far as, you know, you, we talked about the women's Final Four coming here. This is something you and I have talked yeah. about a lot. You know, we, we both were at that event in, what was it, January, February? Yeah. With Kathy Engelbert. Like, is there any update or any kind of timetable on when you might hear from the WNBA about a, a, a decision one way or the other right. about whether Portland <clears throat> is going to get one of the expansion teams? Is that any update on that? I would, I, I, we haven't gotten an update. I would, I would say that, um, you know the the folks that are wanting to bring the team here are uh, are very um, competitive and they're uh, they're very interested in bringing it and you know the only thing that would keep the WNBA from not wanting to have it in Portland would be maybe they have markets that look more appealing. <clears throat> My argument would be this this market's incredible for WNBA. Just look yeah. at the Thorns. It's incredible for women's sports. It's in, it, they have a built-in you know venue right behind us that that makes a lot of sense there's the coliseum if that were to be something that could be an option we have multiple options for the team to play at down here and um and we're really interested in helping out we have a really good relationship with that ownership group and talk to them all the time and this is kirk yeah and give them um you know advice when we can and and feedback and we want to see it be so we want it to be successful because it'd be it'd be incredible like it's just incredible to have that that kind of um Level and skill and talent in basketball and in, in in our backyard. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you you and I, I think, are on the same page about it being a success. But you don't you don't know one you don't know yet as far as like logistically when the league is going to tell you. Okay, these are the cities we're going with. You don't you don't know anything about. Yeah, that yet. no, we we're yeah we haven't heard anything. I think the last I heard Kathy publicly speak on it was that they were getting the list down from a longer list of like. Sounds they said it was a hundred, and then they said yeah. it was twenty. Which usually, 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 when they say the list is that big, they kind of already know where they're going to yeah. go. Like, like I, I, I'm seeing like you, you know, you always see like different like when NBA team does a coaching search. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to interview fifteen to twenty candidates. It's like, yeah, you already know which people <laughs> you're actually considering. But yeah, because no, because like the, the the one that I had heard or like the the list that's kind of been out there publicly is Portland. San Francisco or Oakland, and then like Toronto, uh, which they're playing a game there. Mm-hmm. I think this weekend as like an exhibition game, and then like Nashville, Philly. I, I think mm-hmm. or I think I think that's like the short list as of yeah. right now. And I, I think the Bay Area is probably close to a lock for one. And then I think they would like for there to be a team in Toronto, but we just you know because the teams still fly to commercial, there might be like visa issues and yeah. stuff. So. I don't know. I, to me, Portland is like the most obvious one in the world for all the reasons you mentioned. But it's just a matter, I guess, of you know what the league decides to do and where right. their head is at as far as that. Right. Yeah, I think so. And again, kudos to, I guess, our entire city for how they show up and support women's sports in this town. Yeah. You know, in all levels, because it really has, in my belief, gotten on the NBA's radar for Kathy to come to Portland to come to the sports bra to kind of hear the excitement. You know that's well, that's just the fact that that, that's that a, a place like the sports bra right. does the business that it right. does. Like I've, I that 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 event was actually my first time being there, but I have friends who have 
gone there for like thorns matches or like ncaa women's tournament games or you know world you know women's world cup or whatever like it apparently it's like impossible to get a table for those types of events so i would imagine you know if there's a portland wnba team like they're in the playoffs or something like that's gonna be a big yeah be mad yeah it it just gives me goosebumps that sounds amazing yeah so one other thing i wanted to get to before we you know wrap up here is you know you did a lot of different stuff this year with the broadcast whether it's you know the trail documentary series that you know tristan and his Mm -hmm. team produced but then also some of the stuff during games of like bringing in Corey jazz the Mm -hmm. analytics uh insider and then you know some of the different graphics and stuff that you had on the screen do you how do you feel like a lot of that stuff went and you know what kind of stuff do you have planned coming up as far as like refinements or new things you're going to introduce to the broadcast is that something you have kind of dialed in yet I always, yeah, we're always thinking about it. I'd love to get your feedback on that at some point as well. Um, yeah, you know, for for us, um, so important, you mentioned the trail, and that team did such a phenomenal job. I think they were em- nominated for several Emmys for all the work that they did. So kudos to that team. I mean, it was really about getting to know the players better off the court, you know, because I think it's so, so important to understand that, especially in this era of social media, when you have access to just tweet and send messages to whoever you want to humanize our players and have them know who, who they are off the court meant a lot for us. And then on the broadcast side, you know, what's going to be fun about G League is we're going to be, we're going to have this little research lab uh-huh. in G League to be able to try out all sorts of stuff like this, both on the business side and basketball side. What are you doing as far as the broadcast? Have you figured that out yet? We, ha- we again, we haven't because we're in a dead sprint for everything else. But the, the, the sheer idea that we'll have the ability to use it as a test lab is what's exciting to us because I think our broadcast last year felt like a test lab. We were doing a lot of different things. And, um, you know, Corey was phenomenal. For us, I think what we realized was two things. One was, you know, we had this incredible team of talent, and especially if you think of like Lamar, great job explaining to you ins and outs of the game and, and teaching me, quite frankly, things I never knew about basketball. Brooke tells you all the stuff that's going on off the court. Corey felt like a natural person to bring in if we wanted to try to make, you know, integrate stats a little bit more because you need somebody that can explain that stuff. It's not as easy as points, rebounds, assists when you're talking about usage percentage. And points per possession, that needs someone to be able to explain that a little bit. And we wanted people to understand, you know, that there's more there's more things to pay attention if you peel back the layers and understand how basketball works than than what's on the surface level. And so, you know, I think I think generally it went well. Um, and there's things, of course, we do differently, but pretty happy with how it came out. And then the second level to that is our broadcast, right? We're one of the few teams that gets to do it by ourselves. Because you own it. We own it outright, right? Like, we, we don't, we, it's our production. We sell the ads. We run the production of the games. And we want to try to, like, our goal is to be the best broadcast in the NBA because we have the ability to do that. And our fans, quite frankly, deserve to be. Like it, it's just in my mind and my vision of it is like our fans are the most knowledgeable. They're the ones that are talking about this at the greatest level. So let's reward them with that. Where do you think the RSN business is going? Like I, I've been, I'm just sure you've been following this stuff very closely. I'm paying close attention to what's going on in Phoenix where their new owner is trying to just like put their games on network TV yeah. and then, you know, all the stuff going on with Diamond and, you know, some different teams are and like the league is like doing, you know, different leagues are like doing, you know, deals with the streaming partners. Obviously the NBA kind of has their own 
deal coming up nationally with ESPN or mm-hmm. Turner or whoever they end up going with? Like, where, like, where, where, where do you kind of see that business in five years? Do you think RSNs or like local RSNs, the way that they kind of exist now, is that even so going to be a thing? Are more teams going to start doing, you know, what the Suns are trying to do, putting it back on over the air TV? Is everything going to be streaming? Like, well, like where do you kind of yeah. see all that going? I think, <clears throat> I think that teams will will want to have more of a front seat and uh, hands on the wheel for their production, right? I mean, we're, so like we're, what you guys regardless, yeah, and and you know. I, I can't take credit for that. We've been doing that for years and years and years. But I think we've gotten a lot of phone calls from other teams asking us how we're set up in our process. So I sort of feel like teams want to have more of control over that. One thing that's been helpful about us owning our broadcast is that when you do that, you are able to do things like the trail. Like You can't just whip that up unless you have people that already have those talents and those skills. So when you do your own broadcast, you're building up muscles and you really are... While we're all basketball teams and we're trying to win on the court and on the business side, we're also creating content and production. And so if, if every team, you know, tries to have more hand on their broadcast, that's going to help improve things that other things that they're doing. So I, to answer your question, I don't really know where it's headed. I know that teams will want more control. I know that we have a really great partner in Root. I know, you know, they're, we're back on cable. We're back on satellite. We're on some streaming platforms. Um, we are always asking them to push to push and, and get on more platforms, but um, they're, they've been great partners to us, and they're not one of the RSNs that are in, you know, these bankruptcy issues right. like they are at Bally's and other things. Wasn't there, there, was a, there was a report a while Yeah, ago that's right. Yeah, that, Warner Brothers Discovery teams. And were, it's like, what ended up happening with that was they just, like, had a minority stake in that, and that wasn't really going to affect. I, I, th- I think because, like, that came out around the same time as, like, all the Bally's and, like, Diamond yeah. stuff was going down where, like, they were going to just, like, completely go under and everybody kind of assumed that that was going to affect you guys, too. And yeah. And clearly it did not. I mean, the, yeah, exactly. We didn't... We The Mariners own the majority of that station and they've been phenomenal partners for us. And the, the Mariners are doing okay financially. Yeah. <laughs> and they... um you know, but the reality is that you know, I think we were in more cable was in more than a hundred million homes, and now it's in sixty million. And that yeah. business model is predicated on households that have cable. So it, you know, the 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 smaller that shrinks, I think people in that industry and cable overall are wondering, you know, where's where's the bottom in terms of cable subs, and we haven't hit it yet. Yeah, I have I have cable personally, and I I'm ser- I mean, I signed like a two year deal or something with Comcast, so I can't get out of it for a while, but like. I'm thinking about ways in the future to maybe not have to pay that much for that. So I'm right. even, even somebody like me who like it's always just been like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have cable. It goes without saying. Even right. I'm kind of thinking about. It. Is that is there any? I know this is out of your hands as far as like you can't do anything about root not being on YouTube or not being on whatever these other platforms are. Is there any? Have you heard anything from like the root folks about any you know movement or headway on? the channel getting onto some more of those platforms because obviously that's something I get asked about. Like right. I have, I have tons of friends who like when the Blazers were on NBC sports Northwest, they could watch on YouTube TV. Now they can't. And now they have to like either sign up for like the free trial of Fubo or like switch their whole thing over. And it's just like right. a whole, a whole thing. So that's, that's something I always get asked about. So I, and I, again, I know that it's not anything you have anything to do with or you have any control over, but do you know anything about like where that's at or if there's any progress there? Yeah. I mean, we, we have, pretty regular conversations with the root folks on updates and status for um 
you know, for their ability to get, get more households, right? We had a really good partnership with a company called Avaca and then yeah. that went away. Um, you know, we, it's tough, you know, YouTube, I think, and Hulu have both taken a pretty strong stance against RSNs. They do have some, they had NBC Sports Northwest, they have, I think the Celtics, but they, these multi-team RSNs create a ton of costs for them that they don't want to take on. And so it feels like it's at a stalemate, but again, to your point, we're not in the middle of those conversations. We're trying to, we're trying to push for as much coverage as possible. And, and any TV deal that we do is going to want to be to create the opportunity for the most fans to be able to watch it. We can't always please everyone, obviously, but that's the goal every, every time. And I think you're seeing that more and more with teams and that will continue to be the goal for us. Yeah. Well, I guess the next thing coming up is the lottery. You're, you're gonna yeah. be it, right? Yeah, I'll be there. I won't be in the back room this time. How was that good. for you? Because I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna be in the back room this time. I've never done it before. I believe you were in there last. Time. I was. Yeah. How, how was it? What, what was that? And I mean, that was kind of a disappointing. Res- I mean, obviously, I think it ended up working out okay because I think the whole basketball ops side is very happy that they ended up with Shaden. But mm-hmm. yeah, having the six best odds and moving back to seventh. On the night of, people were not thrilled about that. So what was that like kind of for you being in the room, you know, hoping maybe you jump up into the top four and then it turns out that, you know, Sacramento jumps you guys and then you end up getting pushed back a spot. Like, what was that like for you? It's a lot less dramatic back there than it is on the stage show, right? right. Um, you know, you find out really quickly and, uh, and uh, you know, you're, you, you, get, you get in there an hour before and then the actual drawing happens. You can't have any device on you, your watch, your phone, whatever. Yeah. It all gets taken away. So you, you do, what the good part is you go back to, you know, you go back to, there's all these people back there and you go back, you can't sit there in the corner on your phone. So everyone's just chatting it up and talking. And, you know, last year Ben Golver was in there and we spent a ton of time talking and I got to meet Mike Barkunov and Zach Lowe and a bunch of other folks are back there and talking to other teams. And, you know, you just, you're just kind of back to <laughs> before the cell phone era. And, uh, and then you're watching everything happen on TV. So Damien's sitting up there and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I wish I could just tell Damien where this is ending up. And you can't, right? And that's you the see point. the look on his face when it gets, <laughs> right. when it gets called and that of course turns into a meme and that's like, yeah. And I felt entirely responsible for that, so I'm sorry. Like if they had sent somebody else in there. <laughs> well, that's why that's why I said as soon as they as soon as they you guys announced that Brandon Roy was gonna be the person just to bring this full circle. I know you got a rap soon, but yeah. I saw that and I was just like, that is the best. Like just for the vibes, or if, I don't know, I don't know how much anybody believes mm. in that kind of stuff. But if you're somebody that believes in that stuff, that's the choice. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny to hear, you know, as we were batting around all the choices before, it just kept coming back to Brandon for the same reasons all you guys talked but about. But again, if he would do it, that was yeah. always the thing. I had always kind of said that, like, if he would do it, that would be the choice, but I was just kind of surprised he agreed to do it. Right, so. right, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Tuesday, so it'll be fun. I, you know, I did notice the, um, you know, the Blackhawks got the first pick in the NHL draft, that. and they there's a player, uh, Connor Bedard, yeah. who's who's generational talent, um, unlike not unlike what the, the NBA is dealing with, and um, you know they they had a pretty great couple of days after that. Oh yeah, no, I have a lot of friends in Chicago because I used to live there, and. People are pretty, even people I know who like were not hockey fans, and I will be honest, I'm not a hockey fan, but people are pretty excited about yeah. about that right now. So 
Yeah, he, he played a couple of games. Uh, obviously, they played the Winterhawks. He's yeah. on their Johnny team, and, and he was just incredible. Incredible. Winterhawks owner would tell me about, you got to come to this game and watch this guy, and he's he is unbelievable. So. We'll see what happens yes, in a couple of days. We Dwayne, thanks a lot. For, we've been talking about doing this for all, really almost a year. Yeah. Because it was like going back to like last summer when all the stuff was going on with like you guys maybe not traveling the broadcast. That's right. When you offered to come on and I said I wanted to, but then it was like the season happened and yeah. stuff kind of got in the way. So I'm glad we were finally able to do this. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's been, it's been fun. Always good to catch up with you, Sean. Yeah.